Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Thursday morning. It is the 6th of October. I'm first warning meteorologist Eric Burris. This is Coffee Talk. We get together seven days a week, chat about what's going on in the world of weather. I hope you've had a wonderful start to your Thursday. Just a reminder, by the way, new thing. Uh, if you miss us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and you still want to get caught up, you can in your car, on your cell phone. You just have to check out the Coffee Talk with Eric Burris podcast. It's available on Apple Music. It's available on um, Spotify. And I, I, I thought that it was set up on the iHeart app, but uh, I'll get there. I'll figure it out. At any rate, uh, you are here. You are starting your day. Let's make sure it's a good one, right? Top two things that we are watching in the Coffee Talk world today is Southwest Florida. We're going to be checking in with our Sonica Dange, who's doing a television hit right now. We'll check in with Sonica, see how things are doing down there. Sonica actually chatted with the president uh, yesterday and asked a pretty important question for residents, not just in Southwest Florida, but for the peninsula itself. So we'll check in with her. And then everybody's working for the weekend, baby, right? And we've got some sun shining. We will be chatting about your weekend forecast coming up in just a couple of minutes. But before we do that, let's just take let's just take a moment of zen here. Look outside. I don't even feel like I want to say it. I don't even want to talk over this. Uh, what we're showing for those in listen mode is a shot from our West 2 Studios Tower Cam. Uh, it's looking over Eatonville, <clears throat> and off in the distance, you've got like Maitland and Castleberry. It is such a tranquil, beautiful start. Oh, it is just so nice. A handful of clouds over top of us. You know, I, I wanted to make fun of Kellyanne talking about it being a little chilly today on West 2 News Sunrise, but it's tough because... It's a little chilly out, right? 66 is our 8 a.m. temperature in Orlando. It's 63 degrees in Leesburg, 58 degrees in the Villages, 55 degrees for us in Ocala, and 57 degrees in Palm Coast. So yeah, it it it. I think this qualifies as being just a little chilly across Central Florida. It feels great. It looks great. We have another wonderful start. There's a live look at our first warning Doppler radar. Certainly, we love to continue to see this nice, quiet setup. And looking ahead, here's where we go today. It's going to be a little, just like just a little bit warmer. Uh, we're up to about 79 at 11 o'clock, 84 by 1 p.m., and 86 degrees is our high temperature. So, yes. Those temperatures are climbing little by little. It's going to be a dry day. It's uh, by the way, I was I was about to say it would be a good day uh, for a rocket launch, but we got the astronauts up yesterday. Asterisk, there is a rocket launch scheduled for today. It is tonight from 707 to 8:14. Uh this is over at the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. It is another Falcon 9 just like yesterday. Just not the same one. A um, couple of clouds, that's our concern. 90% chance of good weather for that. And uh, certainly, we will be monitoring all of the weather for that. Booster recovery weather looks fine. Um, wind shear does not seem to be a concern. Obviously, there's no ascent corridor concerns because this is an unmanned ship. Um, but nevertheless, uh, we do have that rocket launch scheduled for tonight. And and while we're on the topic of rocket launches, can we just talk for a minute about the, the, the unbelievable pace? So today's Thursday, uh, Thursday, Wednesday. Okay, 
Tuesday, we had an Atlas V go up off of Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. Awesome show. Yesterday, Space, did you know SpaceX launched two rockets yesterday? One from Florida. That was the Crew 5 mission that we covered in the Weather Lab. Then, last night, off Vandenberg, they launched a Starlink mission. And then today, they're launching the Intelsat, uh, I believe it's Galaxy 33, Galaxy 34. What? What kind of a pace? If this goes up today, that will be three rockets in three days from the Florida coastline and four overall for three days in the United States. Uh, We chatted very briefly yesterday, but Kenneth pointed out that that may very well be a record. Three rockets in three days from the Florida Space Coast. Wow. What an unbelievable, first off, what an unbelievable turnaround. Second off, for SLD, for Space Launch Delta 45 and the meteorologists out there, um, to support that, it, it, it is a truly remarkable pace. And we're just going to continue to see things more and more crowded here as more and more commercial launch clients come on board. What a cool thing. What a cool time to be alive. And what a cool time to be a space nerd. What a cool time. Annie, good morning to you. Scott, pew, with the rocket. Naki, thank you very much. Uh, Nikki says, good morning, all. How about those nights? Beautiful game last night. Charge on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I we were there for a little bit, and then the kids had to go to bed. But, uh, yeah, it was a great, great fun time. Craig uh, says, Eric, Noah sends aircraft into hurricanes. Why can't Wesh send their helicopter to acquire live measurements. Well, you notice Noah doesn't send a helicopter, and uh, Noah sends turbine propeller powered aircraft. So the P three Orion and uh, the United States Air Force sends the WC one thirty. I believe it's the J model, um, the Hercules. We don't have those. Uh, and as far as the helicopter goes, you don't want to send a small craft into a into a mighty storm like that. So. Um, I, I would, I would just say it's, it's probably not a good idea to do that. Yeah. Uh, And we don't, and we don't. So, so there's that and that's cool. And, uh, glad we don't, because I don't know if I personally would want to be the guy to go do that. So anyway, um, all right. Speaking of hurricanes though, of course, our crews continue to cover the story down in Southwest Florida. And uh, joining us now is Sonica Dange. Sonica, uh, first off, good morning to you, my dear. How are you? Good morning, Eric. It's nice to be back with you, although, you know, I obviously always wish it were under better circumstances. Sure. Uh, so first off, where are you guys? I see you're, it looks like you're in our, our satellite truck. Um, so where are you guys stationed right now? So uh, we are in Southwest Florida still. We've got uh, Jacob behind me. He's working to edit our, uh, here we are. Hey, Jacob. Uh, hey, he's working to edit our piece for the 9 a.m. and the noon. And we've got the sat truck operator in here as well, Jim Roop. And uh, we are continuing our coverage. This is our last day, Eric. It's been, uh, it's quite a busy week so yeah. far. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the experience that you've had down there so far. We talked to you a couple of days ago. What has happened since then? Oh, my goodness. We have spoken to so many people since that time. Uh, The president, of course, came to visit with Governor Ron DeSantis yesterday. That was the big headline. Gave a lot of uh, heartening updates, I think, both the governor and the president in terms of progress that's being made in the area here. Uh, Some of the biggest issues that we have seen 
as we've spoken to our local first responders who are on the ground helping all of the local counties here is that the barrier islands are posing a very unique problem in the sense that there's no accessibility to right. them. A lot of the bridges have been partially wiped out, so supplies have been either airlifted in or they've been taken over by boat. Uh, ferrying back and forth, these large pieces of equipment have been hindering some of the search and rescue operations here. So the good news, at least as of yesterday, is that the Pine Island Bridge has been temporarily restored. And we also heard that an emergency contract uh, just signed by Governor Ron DeSantis will have the Sanibel Causeway also up and running by the end of this month. And they talked about power outages. I know we've been covering that extensively in Central Florida as well, Eric. Here in Lee County, where the damage was just absolutely devastating, 80% of customers have now gotten their power back. Wow. So there's progress being made on the ground. But of course, as you take a look around and, and there's just so much destruction left behind, there's going to be a long road to recovery ahead. It seems like so much more rapid progress in, in this kind of at least infrastructure rebuild versus what we have seen in, in previous hurricanes. Um, is that kind of the gauge of the residents there as well? Or are they seemingly just frustrated because they're in this kind of moment of uncertainty with everything? I think it's it depends on where in Southwest Florida you're going. We spoke to a couple of residents in San Carlos Island a couple days ago, and they said that they still hadn't even made contact with FEMA. Oh, so wow. I, I spoke to some of our first responders, and the way that it works in these types of situations is they do a hasty pass, and then they go back through again. And the hasty pass is just to address any life-threatening situations. Right. And then they go back again with a little bit of a finer tooth comb and then they go back a third time and they really um, make sure that the entire area is is up to where it should be so i believe the hasty pass has been done pretty much everywhere in southwest florida now they're just hitting some of the worst areas with that finer tooth comb but you're right by the way president biden yesterday said that in this hurricane ian recovery effort this is the largest assembled governor ron DeSantis, even before the hurricane made landfall in the state of florida was talking about how many different crews were stationed he wanted this state to be the lineman capital of the country and so when we see all the power outages being fixed relatively quickly i think that's a testament as to why i do agree with you eric as, um, as, as we mentioned before I, I was in the keys after irma made landfall there and then i was in mexico beach and the Panama City area after Michael made landfall there. And I believe I visited those areas maybe a month or two months yeah. after those storms hit. We are here within the first week of the storm hitting. So to see all this progress is, is um, it's, it's hopeful. I think the residents here are hopeful, but they're sad. You know. Sure. Well, I mean, so many people have lost so much. So you can't help but have that sadness. But, but to know that, I mean... You know, when, when when I saw the Pine Island Bridge in Matt Lachey wiped out, when I saw the Sanibel Causeway wiped out, I'm thinking, boy, this could really be a problem. And you're saying that the, the Matt Lachey Bridge has at least somehow been temporarily set up and that the Sanibel Causeway, I mean, like, wow, it, it, that is yeah. a lion's worth of work there. So Governor DeSantis did make this statement saying he wanted every avenue to work in parallel. You can't just focus on getting the power back on and, and not touch anything with infrastructure. Right. And you can't just focus on food distribution and drop, you know, Internet connections. So everything is working in tandem. And I think you can really see that play out. I will tell you uh, from a news perspective, you know, we were talking about connectivity issues when I joined you last. We are using Starlink and the first couple days it worked relatively well and then all of a sudden our connection was throttled 
And it is because there are now 375 Starlink devices over this area. And um, it's so beneficial for residents here. All of the emergency pods and all of the emergency operation centers officially have internet. But right. that is why our connection was throttled because there were so many other users jumping on board. But it's all good news in terms of recovery. Yeah, wow. Um, and by the way, if anybody in here, a lot of people are just commenting on how you know, we're, we're, we're so fortunate to see things playing out the way that they are down in Southwest Florida. If anybody has any additional questions for Sonica, please go ahead and ask. Um, so real fast, you brought up Starlink. Are you on Starlink right now? I am. How's my connection? It's good. I mean, this is, you know, for me, I, uh, when I was covering the launch yesterday, my, my cell phone connectivity died and it's like, well, you know, that's why we got Starlink. Uh, certainly you all, had a greater need for it, so I'm glad that you had it. So I'm 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 curious to to debrief with you and just kind of get a, a real detailed look at that, um, you know, just to to see how the goods and the bads of it went. Um, but you know, yeah, it, it, technology has allowed for this kind of influx of support on on generators, on internet, and 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 all of these vital things. Um, Jennifer points out apparently some railroad bridges were taken out too, putting a wrench in the supply chain. I guess I didn't even think about that. Well, when we went to uh, grocery stores in the area, I mean, shelves are bare. There's nothing in the freezer section. There's nothing in the refrigerated section. The, well, I don't want to, well, it's coffee talk, so I will. We visited a Whole Foods. Yeah. And, you know, they usually had the hot bar and the salad bar. All of that was wiped out. In fact, the only vegetables they had there were like greens. So I, I got some Brussels sprouts and green beans and broccoli, and that was about all they had out there. Right. So th we're definitely seeing issues trying to get the basics in this area. And that's also why these distribution sites that are hosted by different organizations like the Army Reserves or disaster relief crews, they're so vital to this area yeah. still. Donations are still so incredibly important to this area still because even if you are able to get to a store, even if you're lucky enough to have a car and, and have work roadways that you're able to navigate, once you get there, it's slim picking. Yeah, I, I, I watched a video from the Lee County Superintendent of Schools yesterday. Did you happen to see that by chance? Oh, no, we are in a very, very big bubble. Yeah. Small bubble. I no, I, I understood. It was so interesting to me because he was talking about how they're just trying to figure out infrastructure and see what's mm -hmm. there and then he said, you know, we want to approach this not only in a way that gets our students back, but in a sensitive way, understanding that you may, and I'm paraphrasing, but you may still be just trying to find relatives. You may just be trying to pick up the pieces. And it struck me on how it's not just a matter of we got to rush back to school. If the building is there, it's a an emotional toll as well. And and I think that that's the one thing. Look, here in Central Florida, we've had our own episode to go through, but down there, there's such a broad, um, destructive element, right? I, I couldn't agree with you more, Eric. And, I, and I, I don't know if it was that press conference, but we did also learn that 11 schools have been significantly damaged. What's really heartbreaking is three schools have to be completely rebuilt. And then you just wonder to yourself, you know, how, how do you even wake up in the morning and get your kids ready and send them off to school? Right. What if, I mean, do they even have shoes, you know, available? Right. Like what, what is their clothing situation where school supplies? It's, it's, it's heartbreaking and devastating to think about some of the long-term and day-to-day -day repercussions that this storm is having on families. Last question. Debbie asks, Sonica, have you spoken to the residents? What are they saying about the help that they're getting? How's that playing? 
Oh, we've spoken to so many residents and, and all across the board. And just to give you some background here, we've spoken to residents who were caught on boats um, and rode out the storm on boats. Wow. We've spoken to residents who thought that they could handle it, quite frankly, and they were on Fort Myers Beach and their house has been completely wiped out. We've spoken to residents who rode out the storm a little further inland and had to you know, push their body up against the sliding glass door because they, they saw it bowing oh. and knew that it, it could blow out. And, and if that door blew out, you know, the, the roof would be gone. And it, it varies from where you live as to what kind of help you are receiving. Yeah. FEMA has touched a lot of areas. Uh, not saying, you know, th there are federal resources that are reaching many parts of Southwest Florida. Um, but I would say that they're getting more help from the locals. The locals are banding together and helping each other and neighbors are helping neighbors. Those who have lost less are helping those who have lost a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Th uh, this was such an incredible story. We met a couple who had ridden out the storm on Fort Myers Beach. Uh, they rode it out in an office building, had to move from the first floor to the second floor, second floor to the third floor as the water levels kept rising. By the time the storm had passed through, communications were shot. They had no clothes. Their entire home was gutted. The way they survived was they, they found pavers, stacked them up and built a fire with all the debris that Hurricane Ian had left behind. They had no idea where to meet up with rescuers. By the time they did and they were taken over the bridge, it had been about four to five days. Again, I'm sorry, my days are blurring together. Oh, it's so I fine. I remember when exactly we spoke to them. Four to five days in the same clothes that they wore while they rode out Hurricane Ian came back on this side of the bridge and uh, man we bumped into them within half an hour started chatting with them heard their story uh, the woman she didn't even have boots she was in flip-flops i gave her my boots and as i mean i mean it as we were talking to them a car pulled up and yelled their names and said oh my goodness your neighbors who had evacuated told us to find you oh wow they wanted to give you their car and a thousand dollars. Oh my God! And we were there to witness that moment, and I cannot describe—I mean—the sense of relief and joy that I, I mean, it's a—it's a bittersweet kind of joy that they felt because they had just lost everything. But I think the kindness of their neighbor, who, when I asked further, they had only met one or two times. Right. So I think they are getting help. I think that it's going to be a long journey, but I think they're really getting a lot of support yeah. from the people who live down the street, their neighbors, their community. Oh, that, that, uh, that gave me goosebumps. But, uh, you know, it doesn't that go to the whole idea of those that have give, no matter what it is, no matter how much or how little. For those of us that have, have been through difficult times, we know somebody was there for us. So we can, we can pass that on because we never know when we'll need it again. Sonica, thank you. It, it, thank you. Um, is there any last notes before I let you go? I know you have to get on TV in about 10 minutes. Oh, I do. Thank you for that reminder. I, um, I think, you know, I wish I, I had time to process things a little bit more down here, Yeah. but we have just been go, go, go 12 plus hour days for, for five days, right on the heels of, of course, doing our own hurricane coverage. Right. But what we have gone through is nothing compared to what the residents here have gone through. And so many of them are still in shock. I have spoken to so many residents who told me they had to jump right into recovery mode afterwards. So they have not been able to process what they just went through. Yeah. And I think when it finally hits some of the residents here, when they are able to take that break and finally sit 
and think about what they went through. I, lives have been changed here, and I can only imagine in the months to come as things start settling down, they may need our help even more. Yeah. So just something to keep in mind is, you know, right now it's top of mind, it's top of the headlines that this area needs help, but they're going to need help for a while in, in various forms. It's a story that I hope that we don't forget soon. I, I will not allow it, and I know you won't allow it either. So, Sonica, thank you very much for your time. Great work down there. We'll see you on TV yeah. in about nine minutes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Eric. Bye-bye. Right, um, wow. What what an, an unbelievable story Sonica shared. Um, neighbors helping neighbors. And, and isn't that just so, so important, right? Um, okay, so I did see somebody asking, uh, what is a good organization to uh, donate to? Of course, there's the United Way, the Salvation Army, and uh, I'm involved with the American Red Cross and have been for such a long time. I, I, I would always say the American Red Cross, but full transparency, I've been involved with them. Um, but any organization that is helping and, um, you know, they're all doing the best that they can. Now, that said, a lot of question marks about the hurricane season as it stands right now certainly it makes sense we are we're a little concerned about things uh, let's point out this is invest 91 it is scraping across the northern shoreline there of um, south america way far to the south working around the abc islands this is about the spot that what would become ian developed and and we're looking at the potential of this developing but the overall weather pattern could not be more different than when Ian was forming. Um, yes, we expect it to form into a tropical depression and eventually maybe even a tropical storm or hurricane. 90% uh, chance of formation down here over the next uh, five days time, 80% over the next two days time. It's there, but it's got a lot of land interaction. Now, when we look at the computer models, here's a look at how they stand. First off, important, they're straight off to the west. It's going to stay weaker because it's scraping across South America and the weather world weaker goes west. So no big concerns there for us, thankfully. Elsewhere in the tropics, there is Tropical Depression 12 out near the Cabo Verde Islands. And to give you perspective of where that is, let me widen the perspective out. There's TD12. That's the coast of Africa. So it is way out there. It is expected to degenerate into a remnant low over the next couple of days time. So no big concerns there. Um, let's look at the GFS model. Let me swap this out to the wide basin shot. And uh, let's just look to see what's coming down the pike. First off, what are we looking at here? This is the uh, GFS 6Z run, which is the most recent run. Uh, and you're looking at mean sea level pressure normalized anomaly. For those of you in listening mode, I'll do my best to guide you through this because uh, certainly we have a new audience able to listen via the podcast stream. All right, so let's roll through time and let's just get our bearings, okay? I'll stop it right here. Timestamp on the top right, that is Friday, October the 7th, 9 Zulu time, which is the equivalent of 5 a.m. So Friday a.m. tomorrow, there near South America is Invest 91 near the Cabo Verde Islands, uh, you know, out here in the Atlantic. That is TD12, not doing much. Watching, watching. You can see working over towards Central America by 6Z or 2 a.m. on Sunday. That could be Juliet, the next system um, to be named, we would think, at least according to the GFS model. High pressure really builds in afterward. Maybe something developing in the Central Atlantic, maybe something developing here. Uh, near Central America. This 
is an interesting little feature here. What you're looking at, this is not, I'll just say 12Z on Friday the 14th. So a week from tomorrow, basically what you're looking at is a nice storm system in the northeastern United States and a cold front. Um, from that cold front may see some tropical development into Saturday, the 15th, Sunday, the 16th, moving away from us. The GFS has been trying to hint at this. I will say when I was looking at the BSR, it kind of confirmed that idea. So another thing is, hey, mid-October, decent cold front showing up. But sometimes, especially October into November, you see this scenario where... Um, Cold fronts kind of start to fade, and then they bubble up a little something tropical. So that is something interesting to look at. Nikki points out the UMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief. 100% of donations go where you designate them. All administrative costs are paid for by church. Oh, wow. That's something else. So that sounds like another great organization. Um, Sabrina points out if you don't have materialistic items to donate, you can donate your time. Yes, donate, give food, hand out items. Time or treasure are truly the most vital elements because it, it money, they can put it into work immediately. Um, and time, they can put you to work immediately where you can do the best good. So, um, yeah, this is all important stuff. And it's needed in our area as well in Central Florida. There are so many areas that are still flooded with, you know, remember the St. John's didn't crest for like a month after Irma. So it's going to be a while for us. Just looking around, something out here in the central Atlantic, that's the 19th. Um, that little piece of energy there around the 20, 21st. Interestingly enough, as I, I looked at the BSR this morning, and the BSR showed exactly what the model is showing. So that's kind of some interesting stuff. Let's look at the BSR here together. Actually, I think I can do, yeah, all right, I can do that. All right, so there we are. All right, so let's look at the BSR together. What is the BSR? For those of you that are new and have no idea, that's cool. Uh, we use various like long-range techniques to try and give us a gauge of what's happening. The BSR is one of those techniques, okay? And so it, it gives us a chance to like look ahead and just kind of get an idea. First off, what you're seeing south of us there, that is... Invest 91 slash Juliet heading towards Central America, so no big deal there. East of Florida there, what is that? That timestamp. Stand by. That's the 14th of October, which, you know, if we look at the 14th of October on the computer model, it has something out east of us, so, yeah. <laughs> there's that frontal boundary and remember I was showing you on the model that frontal boundary in that storm system there's the front moving through Florida decent front moving through Florida and then maybe bubbling something up off east of us right and uh, just kind of hanging out east well east of us with high pressure so uh, for right now no big indications of anything though that's the 18th, 19th. Around the 18th, 19th, probably going to see something out around Bermuda uh, tropically. But uh, yeah, no, no huge, no huge concerns there. But um, definitely something 
uh, to at least keep our, our eyes open to. And, and just a reminder, we are getting into a new LRC cycle. So uh, that's absolutely something we're going to be watching and logging over these next several days is kind of the the changes to our to our weather pattern and, of course, how that may want to play into um, the overall perspective for the 2023 hurricane season. Good gravy. All right. So that all said, here's a look at our seven-day forecast. Upper 80s these next few days. The temperatures are on their way up, little by little. Beautiful, bright sunshine. We do start to see a few more showers getting into mid next week, but notice morning lows stay fantastic through this weekend, though we do get into the lower range of the 70s by next week. It's still not bad, but yeah. We're getting there little by little. We're getting back to averages, and then we'll get another cold front. According to the models, you know, like um, 16th, 17th, 18th, we should be doing okay. Should be set up for yet another uh, front to move on through. So that's that's never a bad thing. Nikki says, Osteen Maytown Road is barricaded less than a mile from where we turn to go to our property since Deep Creek is over the road. We're so thankful for the decision we made when buying land. The other three parcels we considered are all underwater right now. Wow, Nikki, that's wild. I flew over that on Chopper 2 Tuesday. Was it Tuesday I did? Um, and it, and it, it's just, it's, it's heart-wrenching that this flooding is playing out. It's, it just hurts you so much. It just hurts you so, so much. It really does. Uh, what are the temperatures like for October 14th? I mean, it's a little early to go that far out, uh, but you know, it, that's around the time that there'll be a front event. I would think that it's going to be just before the front moves into our area though. Yeah. Kathy says 54 this morning in Donnell, and I love that. John, how's the weather looking for tonight's launch? Sir, bring over your pullover, buddy. It's going to be a little cool and breezy. It's going to be lovely, 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 lovely. Sabrina says sending out warm wishes and good vibes for you all this weekend. It doesn't cost anything to smile at your fellow peers. Be the lighthouse in someone's storm. Blessed weekend to you all. I love it, Sabrina. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes. All right. All right, that is it. That is it for Coffee Talk today at uh, at 8.30. A reminder, you can always get the latest update from Coffee Talk on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I'm, I've got to figure out why it's not on iHeart, but uh, yeah, check out the Coffee Talk with Eric Burris podcast. You don't necessarily get the chance to interact. That's only in this little live venue, but uh, it's still there. I try to put it up there so you could listen as well. Yeah. Uh, Diego's asking, when is the LRC come out? The next LRC, the, the well, the LRC is starting to be established now, but I would say that uh, our hurricane season forecast is issued March 1st every year. March 1st every year. I believe it's a Tuesday this upcoming year. Yeah, we're less than six months away from my hurricane season forecast being put out. Okay. All right. Thank you all so much for hanging out. Be the sunshine in someone else's day. I will... Oh, Tina says it is on iHeartRadio. I found it. Okay, very cool. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I need to tell our executive producer that that's where she can find it. Um, I will see you today for the 3.30 Coffee Talk update. Okay? All right? I didn't do it yesterday. I fell asleep. I passed out. I, I'd been up since 2, and I apologize. So, anyway. All right. Bye, guys. See you at 3.30 today. Thank you so much for hanging out.